Morning, everybody. Happy Monday to you. My name is Tim Harris. It's 10 o'clock, and it's the start of a new week in the Word. Uh, we call this Tim with Tim. We go verse by verse through the Word of God each day, Monday through Friday, Facebook Live, YouTube Live, Spotify, wherever you find podcasts. Whenever you join me, it doesn't have to be live. Uh, I'm so glad that you do. We've been going through the book of 2 Kings, and we're wrapping it up. We should be finished on Wednesday. 2 Kings chapter 23 today, verses 1 to 37. It's a long chapter, but it's a great chapter. It's interesting. It is uh, the story of the long and wonderful reign of King Josiah. Josiah uh, rules in Judah, and he is a really, really good king. He is second to none. Or I should say maybe second only to Moses, and, and we'll talk about that, but let's go. Now, remember back in, in uh, chapter 22, it was the prophet Huldah, the woman prophet Huldah, who uh, prophesied, and she told Josiah. Remember the Josiah, they had found the book of the law, the, the book of Deuteronomy, uh, in the temple, Josiah's heart was broken and he was desperate because he knew that the people of God had not lived by the laws of God. And so he came, came to Huldah and Huldah said, because your heart is soft, because you have repented, because you have shown this desire to do what's pleasing to God, you have pleased God. And so uh, God's going to bless you. You're going to have a long life and die in peace. But um, I'm still going to bring disaster, God says, upon the people of God because they have disobeyed me. So it was that good news, bad news. It's going to go well for you. You're going to have a long life. You're going to reign well. You're going to die in peace. But uh, it's not going to cancel the sins of Manasseh, not going to cancel the sins of my people and the terrible, terrible disobedience. They broke the covenant, right? So chapter 23 is the the reform, the reign, the wonderful way in which Josiah leads the people of God to be the people of God. And it starts right in the beginning. Verses 1 to 3, there's this kind of a, a covenant renewal. Josiah has read the book of the law, but now he wants everybody else to hear it. So he calls everybody together, one gigantic revival church meeting, right? And he reads the entire book of the covenant to them, and, uh, and they all pledge. He makes a pledge that they'll obey the Lord, keep all his commands, all of his laws, and all of his decrees with, uh, with whole hearts and, 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 and entire souls. Uh, and the people pledge themselves to the renewal of the covenant. So that's all good, right? I mean, that's really, really good. It harkens all the way back to the kind of thing Moses did at Sinai. I mean, it's, it's calling God's people back, and, and, and I think it's fantastic. And that's how Josiah begins. Now, what follows in many ways is kind of almost parallel with the book of Deuteronomy because literally Josiah has made this pledge to live by the book. And so he's going to start living by the book. And, and, and it's hard to live by the book when nobody for generations has been living by the book. So Josiah has to clean house. And, and that's what comes first. Uh, verses 4 to 14 or so, if you'll notice, it's just this, this purging of the temple. I mean, the temple had become this just waste dump, you know, of pagan symbols and pagan altars. And I mean, gosh tore down the living quarters of the male and female shrine prostitutes. I mean, what? You know, it's, it's like the male and female prostitutes, you know, at the temple, you know, oh, oh my goodness. I mean, you know, who, you know, that tent set up, you know, whatever, you know, little apartments for the prostitutes. Uh, oh my, uh, whew, uh, 
Notice, though, I, I love this. It's really interesting. He, he has these designated kind of garbage dumps where all of this stuff goes. All of the stuff is, is taken away. Uh, Josiah treats these, you know, pagan leftovers, these pagan artifacts, these symbols, these, you know, all of it. He, he bags it up, you know, and literally, I mean, notice he, he treats it like toxic waste. I mean, literally, like, like we're handling nuclear materials. Uh, because indeed, for Josiah, you know, I don't think there was a line between a spiritual contagion and a physical contagion. So it, it's like he's handling, you know, radioactive, you know, materials that, that could, you know, explode on him. Um, and so they remove them as far away as they can to the far corners of the, uh, of the land. And it's just uh, amazing and, and wonderful. Uh, he doesn't just you know, tear down these altars. He defiles them. He humiliates, you know, them, and in many, many ways, just erases any any semblance of authority or uh, credibility or glory of these past pagan um, worship symbols. And uh, again, uh, what you see here is just Josiah aligning the life and practice of the nation with the life and practice described in the book of the law. And I know that in some ways it sounds extreme and sounds far removed from your life, but something like this should happen every time you read the Bible, you know? And whatever you read, when you see something in the Word of God that doesn't align with your life, then you have to, you know, stand up, walk away, and change the way you live in your life. You know, the Bible doesn't change, and you, you can't change it. It's not going to bend for you, but you have to surrender to it. And, and that's exactly what Josiah does, and that's what makes him great. Now, notice in verses uh, 15 to 20 right through here, um, he goes as far as Bethel. And uh, in Samaria, and there's this, I don't know how real politically this is. At this point, Assyria's got Samaria just reduced to like this outpost. They have no army. They have no nothing. Uh, so I don't know how much Josiah can sort of encroach now, but you've almost got this sense of a spiritually unified Israel again. He, he moves up to Bethel. He does some cleansing in Samaria. And notice, y'all remember, what was it? First Kings was it First Kings chapter 13 that begins? You remember that chapter because it was crazy when we read it. We all said, what is this? That's the chapter that begins way back when one of you know, this prophet in Bethel prophesies that Josiah is going to come and do all this. That he's going to come and, and, and burn these altars. Remember, remember that? We said, man, Josiah's a long way off. And that's that same chapter where like, the prophet wouldn't eat or drink and he was going home. And then this other old prophet calls him into his house and tricks him into eating. And then, you know, they both die. I mean, it was just, remember that? It was like, what? Okay, that comes back here. That comes back. Remember, Josiah looks up, verse 16, and says, you know, what is that? You know, what is that monument? And they say, well, that's the tomb of the man of God who predicted these things, you know. That monument is the tomb of the man of God. And, and so Josiah said, well, leave it alone. Don't disturb his bones. And while they were at it, they left the bones of the old prophet of Samaria too. You know, I just think that's funny because you and I, like, we're like, we blew through that chapter. It's like, what was that? You know, and it turns out it, it, that all comes back, you know. Again, it was a prophecy about Josiah. And I just love the fact that there's that sort of full circle that, that, that we come to there. Uh, after that, 
verse 21, King Josiah then issued this order to all the people, celebrate the Passover to the Lord your God. The what? I mean, um, in all of the histories of the kings of Israel, we've been reading at it a long time. Can we just say that like all year? We've been reading the histories of the kings of Israel. We haven't had a single mention of Passover. Correct me if I'm wrong. I don't think we've had a single mention of Passover since way back in the book of Joshua. Probably Joshua chapter, what, five, when they first get into the promised land. Like, I don't think we've had any sort of talk about Passover. And Passover is the defining ritual, the, 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 the defining um, moment that tells the people of God who they are. You know, so in this sense, bringing back Passover, calling the people back to this, you know, commemoration of 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 Exodus, it it reestablishes the people of God as the people of God, the people whom God rescued from slavery, the people who you know whose cries God heard from heaven and sent Moses. I mean, you know, uh, I mean, I mean, Josiah. I mean, he is he is he is crossing every T. He is dotting every I, and it's amazing. Twenty four and twenty five. Again, it's kind of right through the book of Deuteronomy. Everything that, that needs to be detestable, he detests. Everything that needs to be purged, he purges. Um, but notice verse 26. Never been a king like him, it says. Never been a king like Josiah. I mean, notice how, like you read First and Second Kings, and we never talk about David. You know, he's kind of mysterious because uh, Josiah had never been a king like him. You know, I mean, we know that David was special, but never been a king like Josiah, you know, and in many ways, Josiah is second only to Moses because he, in many ways, you know, is this revivalist who, who takes us all the way back to the word of God as given through Moses. But then verse 26, even so the Lord was very angry with Judah because of all the wicked things Manasseh had done to provoke him. You know, ah, you know, when I got, when I get to that verse, it, it kind of breaks my heart. Because I want to think that Josiah, like all of this that he's done, is that not enough? You know, is it not enough? Because I'm thinking maybe, maybe we've reversed it, reversed the curse, you, you know? Uh, maybe that all the good that Josiah has done now has outweighed all the bad that Manasseh has done. But, but no, God said, you know, God said that when Manasseh had complete, I mean, Manasseh had sacrificed his own son, you know, to Molech. I mean, when, when the people of God turned in such disobedience, God said the judgment would come and, and the judgment is still going to come. Josiah's revival here is an episode in the story, but it's not a reversal of the story. It's, it's still going to end with judgment. Uh, the rest of Vincent Josiah's reign are recorded. And then the death of Josiah, again, when Huldah said, you're going to die in peace, I didn't picture this, but Josiah actually dies in battle, uh, a strange uh, conflict, you know, with Assyria and Egypt, and Josiah is killed, uh, and, uh, and that's the end of the greatest king, uh, I would say, in the history of Israel. What follows here, a little summary of the reign of Jehoahaz, a little summary of the reign of Jehoiakim. We'll pick up here tomorrow morning, chapter 24, verses 1 to 20, and talk about the final kings of Judah. Because again, judgment is coming. The exile is still coming. Uh, but uh, the story of Josiah is just this amazing 
uh, moment of light uh, in what is otherwise a story that just goes darker and darker and darker. Uh, but praise God for Josiah. He shows us the way. I love you guys. Listen, it's Monday. Have a great, great day. Stay in the Word. I, I love you so much. I thank you for your partnership and friendship in the Word. I'll see you in the morning, Lord willing, 10 o'clock for Tim. Well, Tim will be in chapter 24, verses 1 to 20. Read ahead, and I'll see you then.